Welcome to the Senior Pet Podcast, a show dedicated to giving our senior four-legged family members their happiest and healthiest lives. Now join our senior pet experts, veterinarian Dr. Stacy Bone and animal health insider Ron DeVries as they discuss why old age is not a disease. Welcome everybody to the Senior Pet Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Stacy Bone, and it is just me again today for this bite-sized podcast. Beyond that, um, kind of some weird times we're living in. Uh, we record the podcast out of St. Louis, and as of today, which is March 26th, we are in a mandatory shelter-in-place situation because of COVID, um, and as such, we didn't really feel it's necessarily um, responsible of us to get together and, and record a podcast. So with that being said, and with everything that's going on, I kind of wanted to record this episode for two important reasons and to cover two important topics. The first is, is that we, we are all spending way more time at home right now. And we're also spending way more time with our pets and what tends to happen in veterinary medicine over vacations or weekends or things like that. When we spend more time with our pets, we tend to notice things that our busy lives otherwise would have kept us from seeing. And as such, we see it all over Facebook and on forums, and we're getting phone calls about people who are concerned about their pets. So I thought, what better topic than to cover what is an emergency in veterinary medicine? The other thing I wanted to do is just give everybody a quick update on coronavirus because a couple of things have changed and some new information has come out. So we'll we'll get to both of those. Now, I, I think I've said this before, but I, I was a general practitioner. I am a general practitioner as far as veterinarians go. I am not an emergency clinician. You know, general practitioners see emergencies in practice, but the more severe stuff, the after hours stuff are typically handled by emergency facilities wonderful staff, very well-trained veterinarians. I mean, they're phenomenal assets to our industry. So what I wanted to do is I I actually wanted to reach out and talk with an emergency veterinarian. And we're just not to the point right now technologically with this podcast that we can bring on a guest, but we're getting there. So I actually just wanted to reach out to an emergency veterinarian that I know by the name of Dr. Emmy Stabler, who practices here in St. Louis, and I wanted to get kind of her opinion on what constitutes an emergency, because it's a question that we get asked all the time. So I'm going to use a lot of her words and her answers, and I'll interject a few things that I've seen throughout the years of practice. So the very first thing I I asked was, one, what are some symptoms? What are some things that we see as pet owners that would immediately cause us to be concerned about our pets? And she gave me some phenomenal answers. So the first is choking difficulty breathing and that can mean that they're they're gasping that can mean that they're open mouth breathing that can mean that they're taking like labored breaths um and labored breaths usually have a pretty significant abdominal component when they breathe you'll notice that the abdomen goes in and out or non-stop coughing or gagging all of these things are a concern and i always tell people i do not mess around with the respiratory system. If an owner calls me and says, you know, Dr. Bone, I think my cat or my dog is breathing abnormally. Nine times out of 10, I will have them come into the clinic immediately. 
The second thing that she said was something that they see all the time, which is non-productive retching. That means the dog is trying to vomit, but nothing is coming out. Um, or maybe just a little bit of foam is coming out. If you notice the abdomen is like bloated for no reason, because these can be signs and symptoms of something called a GDV, which stands for gastric dilatation and volvulus, um, or bloat and twist. If anybody's ever seen Marley and Me, um, that's what happened to Marley in that movie. And that is like the definition of an emergency. Um, pale gum color, extreme lethargy, meaning you walk in the room and the dog just cannot get up or the cat just will not do anything. Like those are, are a really big concern. And then the gums, if the gums are really white, um, or, or very like light, 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 whitish pink, that's a concern as well for all of our cat owners and some dogs as well. Uh, straining to urinate and and basically like when you go to they go to the litter box multiple times and they're yowling or they're hollering but no um, urine is coming out and honestly even if the cat is just going to the litter box multiple multiple times and straining to urinate I mean to me that's a cat that's on the verge of something serious happening blood in the stool and we're talking like significant bright red blood in the stool um, if the stool is really 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 black like um, coffee ground color or um, very very dark color is concerned um, persistent or protracted vomiting which means that the dog vomits and vomits, and vomits, and vomits. Or if your dog or cat um, has not eaten in about 24 hours, I mean, a day without eating is a pretty long time. Um, cats, certainly, we get a whole lot more concerned about that than dogs, but it's concerning in both of them. If your dog has had a history of, of trauma at all, like that's a big concern. If you were out for a run in the heat and the dog can't get cool panting, um, what we would call heat stroke, like that's a really big concern. And then if you really are seeing an animal with non weight bearing lameness, um, or possibility that there's a fracture. Like those are really big things. Now we're going to stop for a second and we're going to say that there's a couple of assumptions that we make here and some things that like you as an owner should know about your pet. Right. And I asked Dr. Stabler about this as well. I said, you know, what, what should owners know? What should they check before an animal comes in? The first is, is do you know the history? Do you know what they got into? And even if it's something like marijuana or, or worse meth, or something like that. Tell the veterinarian. That's a really big concern. One, know what your um, pet's gum color is naturally, right? Everybody who's listening to this podcast should pause it, go to their pet, lift up the gum, and note what the color of that gum is because we're going to compare that to, to abnormal in the future. Um, just your normal behavior of your dog or cat, and we've said this numerous times on this podcast, you know when your animal is not normal, right? I mean, you know when your animal is acting strange or off. So that's a, a really big thing, okay? So we've covered a lot so far. Uh, again, what are some body systems? Like what are some things that 
um, we don't mess around with as far as veterinarians go. The systems we worry about, and, and I said this earlier, one respiratory, we just don't mess around with that, right? GI, we've talked about this as well. Persistent vomiting, bloating, retching, severe blood, dark stool, things of that nature. And then neurologic, I mean, seizures. And we're talking typically like multiple seizures in a, in a row or a single seizure lasting for a long period of time. I always told my owners is I, I really don't want a seizure lasting any longer than a couple few minutes, right? They always seem like they go on forever and ever and ever, but sometimes they'll seize and they'll stop and they won't have another one. That's a situation where as long as they don't have another seizure, you can probably monitor them overnight and call your regular veterinarian in the morning because an emergency clinic will only typically put them on seizure watch. So not, not wrong to, to call the emergency clinic and talk with them, but ultimately they may tell you that this isn't a serious emergency right now. And, and with that being said, I, I asked Dr. Stable, I said, you know, Hey, if I'm a pet owner, do you, do you want me to call you? Do you want me to bother you and, and talk with you about this stuff? And she said, Absolutely. She said it helps them to make the decision of whether or not the pet can be seen. The thing of it is, is that if you do that, like stop there, right? If you call the vet and you say, this is what's going on. And the vet says you need to come in. Don't question them. Don't ask them about what you can do at home. They can't diagnose your pet, but they can tell you like, Hey, what you're describing sounds serious. And so I did, I said, you know, Hey, let's, uh, we focus on what is an emergency. What, what isn't an emergency? She said subtle lameness or what we call weight bearing lameness or toe touching lameness, which is your dog was running outside and they come in and they're kind of limping on that, that front leg, but they're still putting weight on it. That can wait skin infections ear infections. And so Dr. Stabler was quick to mention that in a lot of these clinics, like emergency clinics and things like that, they, they really don't have a lot of ear medications and skin medications and things like that on the shelf. So unless your animal is in just massive pain, probably can hold out until morning. The third thing is, is that these like inconsistent GI signs, right? We talked about dogs or cats that are vomiting and vomiting and vomiting and vomiting like multiple times in an hour. Opposite of that is the dog or the cat that's vomited five times in two weeks. That's not an emergency, right? Because there's not a high likelihood that there's something super serious going on. Certainly if that's coupled with a change in mentation or lethargy or something like that, probably a little bit more of a concern. But if the dog or the cat has had often on diarrhea for a week, that's probably not an emergent situation. The final thing she said is broken toenails. Um, while they're kind of a frustrating thing to deal with, they're not actively bleeding or causing excessive pain. You can probably wait, maybe put a sock over the dog's foot or something like that and hold out until morning until you can talk with your regular veterinarian. If, you, if you're in a situation where you can't get to an emergency clinic, there are some great resources online. Um, the ASPCA poison control line is a phenomenal resource. They're the ones you call if your dog or cat got into something. And oftentimes, even I as a veterinarian, if somebody would call me, I'd be like, you probably need to call poison control because they can tell you whether or not this is serious and what you need to do. The final thing I kind of wanted to to touch base with her is, is just to ask her like, 
as an emergency clinician, what do you see that that pet owners do that cause things to get significantly worse? The first thing is when owners give massive amounts of hydrogen peroxide, there's a lot of resources on the internet that tell you to institute vomiting for an animal that ingested something using hydrogen peroxide. But if you use a ton of hydrogen peroxide, you can cause significant damage to that animal. So it's best maybe to leave that up to the emergency veterinarians or just ensure that you're using the right dosages of um, hydrogen peroxide. Secondly is using human medications. And we've covered this before, but I'm going to say it again. Don't give human medications to your dogs. Um, That's a serious thing. Uh, We can, as veterinarians, use some human medications, but the dosages are way different and they all have potential side effects. Aspirin's a really good example of that. People look online and they even sell quote unquote doggy aspirin. A of all, aspirin is a miserable pain medicine. We don't take aspirin if I hurt myself. I take ibuprofen or something like that. So why would we use that in a lot of dogs, right? So we don't. Um, And aspirin long term can actually change the way a dog clots. Secondly, Tylenol, ibuprofen, all of these medications can be very dangerous to dogs. They hit their livers and their kidneys. Um, There's just not a lot that are super safe, and cats for that matter, so just don't do it. The other thing that they'll see a lot of is, is using other medications for a dog in the house or for a cat in the house for the new pet that's having problems, right? Dosages are made for a reason. They're made on the size of the pet and what is the dose for that specific animal. So pulling an old medication out of the shelf may be a dosage that's really dangerous for this dog. So unless you have the exact same dog, exact same size, I probably would recommend not doing that. And even if you did that, you don't fully know what was in that veterinarian's mind when they wrote that medication and gave it to you. So it may be best to not do that, you know, and and really contact your veterinarian or emergency veterinarian. And finally, I said, you know, Dr. Stable, I was like, you've you've got a platform here. We've got a lot of listeners. Give me some parting words. And I'm going to read this verbatim. She said, we are here, here for you. And we are here because we want to be here to help both you and your pet. It is important to realize we are all on the same team. And while cost is a huge concern in these situations, you must remember no veterinarian does this for the money. I know that a lot of people feel that way, but that that's not that's not true. She said that she is an emergency veterinarian, knows it's expensive, but she is recommending these things because she wants the very best for your pets and for you. So that was a great interview with Dr. Stabler. I actually hope to have her on the podcast someday, and she said yes, so we've suckered her into it. So one day when I figure out technology, she will be here live and in person. So that's it about the emergency. If you're not interested in coronavirus, you can shut it off right now. But let me give you a quick update on coronavirus. So a couple of things have happened since my big episode. The first is is the dog that was originally tested in uh, positive in Hong Kong 
did pass away. That dog was 17 and had a lot of coexisting issues that likely caused it to pass away. Um, there was no indication that it died of respiratory illness. The second thing is, is that another dog did test positive in China. Um, it had no symptoms and is currently under quarantine. So I think we have to change things a little bit. We are starting to see some evidence that dogs can contract this from people. We've had no cases in the United States. The thing is, is that there's no apparent indication that it causes any illness, nor is there any apparent indication that you can give it to your dog or your cat, and then your cat can or dog can therefore give it to somebody else. We just don't think that's the case right now. But as we said last time, things are changing all the time. We're learning more and more and more about this. Um, but the bottom line is it does not appear to make animals sick currently, but we are recommending that, you know, hey, if you're sick, probably best to not be right up next to your pets, you know, give them a little bit of distance and try to just keep them isolated from you if at all possible. I think that covers everything for today. As always, you can reach out to me at the senior pet podcast at gmail.com. And thank you guys for the email so far. I really appreciate it. Um, please, if you like this episode, give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us out a lot, helps us get out to other pet owners, and we will be speaking with you all again soon. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves and stay well. Thank you for listening to the Senior Pet Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to catch our next episode and follow us at the Senior Pet Podcast on your social media of choice. The information in this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional veterinary advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your veterinarian with any concerns about your individual pet.